Luke chapter 19. Palm Sunday. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. The things that, that I, the things that, that as I started looking into this week and the amount of, just the so much, there's so much power in what happened this week. There's so much substance in what the word says happened starting on Palm Sunday. There's so much that occurred. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm humbled and, and I don't feel like I'm going to do it justice, but that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to cover a small window, just a tiny bit of what occurred on Palm Sunday. And believe me, it's going to be a little bit of the, of the amount and depth of things that are in there. Um, as I was going through this, I was thinking, man, if I, st- I could start a series and we could start going through some of these things slowly, and, but it's gonna take a, it would take me several weeks to do it, and so I still might. But I'm not going to start it today. Next Sunday's Easter, but I might start it after Easter just because of the revelation of the things that occurred over the course of the few days this last week, all right? But we're going to start in Luke chapter 19, and we are only going to just touch on a very, very little. And it came to pass when they came nigh to Bethanage, and Bethany at the Mount that is the Mount of Olives, he sent his two disciples, saying, Go to the village over against you, in which you're entering you shall find a colt tied where never a man has set. Loose him and bring him to me. And if anyone asks you why you do that, loose him. Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord has need of him. And they that were sent went their way, and they found even as he had said to them. And they loosed the colt. The owner said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And he said, the Lord has need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt. And they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. When he came nigh now, even to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said to him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And he went and he came near and he beheld the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, at least in this your day, the things which belong into your peace, but now they are hid from your eye for the day shall come upon you that your enemy shall cast a trench about you and compass you around about and keep you on every side and it shall lay even and you, excuse me, and shall lay thee even with the ground and your children within you, and they shall not leave in the, in the one stone upon another, because you know, knewest not the time of your visitation. And he went into the, and he went into the temple, and then starts an incredible, powerful week. He goes in and he cleans the temple out of all of those that bought and sold. And he cleans the temple out and he empties them out. Get out of here. He begins to teach. 
the, the Pharisees come to him at one point. Because see, this, this is a different approach. This is different Jesus than they had seen before. Remember Jesus would heal and said, don't tell anybody. Jesus would be in the crowd and he would slip away. So they would come and try to make him king and he would slip away from them. This was different. He began to, to move with total authority. When the owner of the cult said, what are you doing with that cult? The disciples said, the Lord needs him. And the owner of the cult, the cult was, was at that time, for, for whatever reason, the fact that they said the Lord needed him, boom. It's no longer my cult. <laughs> God needs the cult. God gets the cult. Total authority, Jesus began to move in. Went into the temple, wiped it out, sent out the, those that were buying and selling. So this is a place of prayer. Cast them out. The, then the Pharisees come to him. He begins to teach and he begins to boldly proclaim the kingdom of God. And, and if the, the, the Pharisees begin to ask him, who gives you authority to do what you're doing? He was speaking with such incredible authority. He had finally moved in. All of the prophecies and the promises of the Messiah, the king, were being fulfilled in front of their very eyes. Every leader couldn't stop him. No one in charge could hold him back. There was nothing that could keep him from appearing in the temple as the Messiah. And he did. And there he was. And they were amazed. They wanted to know, who gives you authority? They wanted to challenge his authority. And all kinds of stuff happened. I didn't want to go into too much, but I love this particular part. They're like, who told you you could do what you're doing? Who gave you authority? Basically, see, he came in and just took over the whole temple. Well, God said he would. And they said, who gives you authority? And I, love it. I love it. He said to them, one of, the, one of the slickest moves, I think, I love this part. He said, I'll tell you if you tell me something. He said, the baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from God? And the Pharisees started thinking, and they didn't know what to say. Because if they said that it was of men, or I'm sorry, was it of men or was it of God? They were afraid if they said it was men, they'd be in trouble because all the people believed John was a prophet, and they'd be mad at him and stone him. And if they said that they believed that John was from God, then they're in trouble because John proclaimed Jesus as the Messiah. So they said to Jesus, they said, we don't know. We can't tell. And Jesus says, neither do I tell you by what authority I do what I'm doing. I don't have to tell you nothing. And that began his work. The Messiah, the King, they had waited for the Messiah. How long had they been waiting and praying and crying and believing for the Messiah? And the Messiah came in power to the temple. But before he did, he stopped outside in verse 42 and 41. And he began to cry, and he said, I wish you would recognize today. I wish you could know what this meant, but you're not going to see it. You're not going to understand it, and you're not going to know what's happening, even though all of these scriptures are being fulfilled. And he began to cry over it. And he said, I wish you would have known about today. Okay. 
I wish you could understand it. We can look back now. He said, I wish you would understand it. Luke chapter 21. Jesus is teaching now. He's been, he's been teaching in the temple. He's preparing all of these things in Luke chapter 21. Start about verse 29. It, 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 goes, back, uh, it goes back much farther, um, but uh, we're going to start in Luke uh, chapter 21, verse 29. Jesus began to speak to them. He said, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. And when they now shoot forth, you see and you know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away until all be fulfilled. So heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that the day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. He said, when you see these things, no, no, you should understand, you should be able to tell what season you're in. So Jesus began to give a warning, if you will, began to give a message, if you will, to those of us who would be on the earth for the second coming of the kingdom of God. And he said, you would be able to see, if you jump back all the way back up to 21, uh, start about verse 6. Um, they, they, he began to say, begin to say that, that behold, said the days will come, which are not going to be one stone left upon another saying that this whole city is going to be drawn down. And the, the disciples asked him, they said, master, what are these things? And when, what is the sign of these things shall come to pass? And he said, begin to teach them, right? Behold, the many will come and say, I'm Christ. You're going to hear of wars and commotions. He said, uh, nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdoms. Great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, famines and pestilence and fearful signs and great signs in heaven. Before all these, they shall lay their hands on you. He said, but before all of that, first thing that's going to happen is all of you disciples, they're going to lay hands on you and they're going to take you and they're going to, and they're going to, you know, and they did, they take, took them. So before all of this, you're going to be tied into prison and it'll be a testimony to you. Settle it therefore in your heart, not to meditate what you shall answer. I'll give you mouth and wisdom, and you shall be betrayed both by parents, kinsforth. Goes on uh, up to, to continue in verse 26, as men heart failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth, and the power of heaven shall be shaken, shaken. And then you will see the Son of Man come in cloud with power and great glory. Verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up 
and lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. Here's the thing. God has given us this picture. I have shared with you a, a few weeks ago, I began to share many of the prophecies I believe that have already been fulfilled of the end times. The things that we already see and believe that God has done. And I want to share with you in my heart, I don't want to be in the position that they were on this day thousands of years ago when Christ entered into Jerusalem, that they were completely unaware of the fact that the promises of God were being fulfilled in front of them and they totally were, they completely missed it. And I do not want to be in my day and miss the promises of God that are being fulfilled in front of me. I want to be aware. I do not want to be caught unaware. I want to be aware. And this has begun to challenge me and shake me and say, okay, God, how can I know? We, we have, do we have earthquakes in diverse places? Yes. Do we have pestilences and, you know, and, and plagues? And, and Yes. Do we have wars and rumors of wars? Yes. Do we have men's hearts failing them for fear? Yes. Have you listened to those who are so freaked out that the earth is going to end from global warming and climate change, they are scared to death. They are freaked out. What does it say in the last days? Scoffers will come. Where is the promise of the Father? Listen, we live in a time where God is being rejected by mankind on a, on a, on a scale that is unfathomable to the to, to any other time in history, the rejection of God as falsehood and fairy tales. We live in a spectacular time. And I see so many of the things that God has done. And I do not want to be caught unaware that we could be in the latter days. I don't want to see the promises of God unfolding and miss them. So I say to myself, and I begin to say, God, they always had earthquakes. How do I know these are different? Been wars forever. How do I know these are different? Men have been afraid for years. How do I know this is different? And I begin to question in myself, God, how do I prepare? And then I love this verse in verse 28. When these things begin to come to pass, if you think you are seeing them start to happen, <laughs> if you think they might be happening, look up. Look up. Look up. For your redemption draws nigh. Look up. I want to be ready, I want to be prepared. I want to know. I can't look at the signs on the earth and know when Christ is coming. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I can't look at prophecy and understand every prophecy. I can't get it. I can't understand every sign I see. I can't ever understand everything in this word. But the Bible tells me something. If you think you see it, look up. And that's something I can do. <laughs> That is something I can do. What I can do to be sure that I am not caught unaware of the fulfilling of God's promise of the return of Christ is for my life to begin to look at the things that are above. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians 3, 1. If you then are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then we shall appear with him in glory. Set your affections on things above. Listen, do I believe we are in the last days? I do. But as I've shared with you many times, prophecy is hard to understand. And the last days could be 50 years, could be 75 years, could be the rest of our life. It could be a long, I don't know what term that is, but I believe we are in the last days. And if we are in the last days, then it is absolutely crucial for the church of God to look up for our answers to look up for our help, to look to Christ, to look unto him, to think, to, to, to begin to look at those things which are from above. Set our affections on things above and not things on the earth. Mortifying your members. Listen, over the next, from Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, to Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, is enough material for us to be busy for for, for, for a while on preparing for the return of Christ. Just loaded with instructions. Loaded with instructions. Mortify your members which are on the earth. Put these away. Put malice, blasphemy, communi- filthy communication. Don't lie. Be renewed in knowledge. Humbleness of mind, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, and put on, above everything else, put on love, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, just loaded with stuff over the next two chapters of the things that are above instead of the things that are beneath. On Palm Sunday, as I was thinking about it, and there's so much there, I, I, I know, I know I haven't touched on hardly any of it. There's so much there. But the one point I wanted to bring out this in our generation, that for us, is that they missed the promises of God. They missed it. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to fall short of it. I don't want to miss it. And, and, and part of me says, well, how am I supposed to interpret it all? I don't have to interpret it all. I don't have to understand it all. I don't have to have a grasp on every prophecy that is fulfilled or isn't fulfilled. All I have to do is look to Jesus. Look up to him. Put him as the Lord of my life. Put him above the things in my life. Put his kingdom above my kingdom. Put him up. Put my affections on him. And put him where he belongs. And by doing so, by putting Christ above, when the sky is split open, I'll already be looking for him. I'll already have one eye up there today. I'll already be ready. And I will not be caught unaware. And I will not be caught unready. And I will not be caught not knowing what's going on. And I will be ready 
for that return. Could it be today? It can be any day. Matter of fact, today would be a great day. I'd be all right with that. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. In this day and time, life is busy. Life gets frantic. There's so much going on. There's always something to do. There's things going everywhere. On this Palm Sunday, I want to remind us, look to Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Oh, and boy, would I like to, we might go through all that Colossians. There's so much stuff. Woo. Got started in there and got overwhelmed at where to stop and where to start. But Colossians chapter 12, verse, huh? Hebrews, that's what I meant. I know, but I meant Hebrews. Thank you. No, you're right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I don't want to miss what God is doing. I don't want to miss the fulfilling of his promises. I don't want to be caught unaware. When the king returns, I want to be among those who are throwing palm branches and shouting glory. The king, you know, great blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to be among those who are proclaiming the victory of Christ. And I can see so many things in our lifetime that have occurred. I can see so many things that I believe are prophetically pointing to Christ. And because of that, because I believe I see things beginning to happen, then evermore I cry out, look to Jesus. Look up to him. God, have your way in my life. Christ, you lead. Christ, you feel, God, you move in my life. I may not understand everything. I may not be able to comprehend everything. But Christ, you be the Lord in my life. Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. And that is hallelujah to me. Your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for your word. God, there... The, the, all of the things that occurred, the depth of the prophecy that you fulfilled on Palm Sunday and then the following week, the depth of the prophecies that were fulfilled are astounding. And the fact that they, those who stood around couldn't see it was astonishing. God, I don't want to miss the signs of your coming. I don't believe you would have told us all this if you wanted us to be unaware. Matter of fact, you said don't be caught unaware. Don't be caught unaware of the time of the, re of the return. And God, I pray right now that you would help us to look up, look to Christ, trust you. Oh, there's a lot of things I don't know. But what I do know 
is Christ crucified, resurrected from the dead, and saved my soul. And that I do know. And I look up to you. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And uh, God keep you. And look up. <laughs>